Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code BIRTHQUEEN, all in caps, cause you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're gonna get 30 days free in my mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want, boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my newborn academy. Bonus three, the birth coach class. Bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my birthing waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students every Wednesday. We have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm, C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. Well, you have a baby's head, which is around 10 centimeters, going through a hole that is usually no larger than the size of a golf ball. Hey, my name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee-sipping mama of seven and labor and delivery nurse who took her expertise in the labor room and turned it into an online one-stop shop for mamas looking for powerful education and support. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. And let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. I am so excited today about my guest, Sarah. Sarah is someone that I've been watching on Instagram for quite a while. First of all, when she introduces herself, I want her to tell you her business name because that's what caught my eye the first place. And I'm just super excited to have you, Sarah. So I'd love for you to say hello and tell us who you are. Thank you, Trish. I am Sarah Reardon, a pelvic floor physical therapist and also known on Instagram as the Vagina Whisperer. Which I love so much. (laughs) Yay. Yes. So it's so funny because my little guy, when I started my business, there's just so much talk about vaginas at my house. So he would just randomly tell everyone 
that his mommy is obsessed with vaginas. And I'm really not sure how 90% of those people took that. <laughs> Because I got tired, I got tired of explaining it. Anyway, so we're so excited to have you today. And one of the first things I always do with all my guests is ask about your birth experience. I found from doing the podcast that a lot of the experts that come on, especially the mom experts who are educating and empowering women are doing so because of something related to their birth experience. So I love to hear what your birth experiences have been like. Absolutely. And it's interesting because mine may differ in with respect to other birth professionals, but I have been a pelvic floor physical therapist for 15 years. I went to physical therapy school and got just a general PT doctorate degree. And then I specialized in pelvic health out of graduate school. So this is back when it wasn't as popular. And I had my first son seven years ago. I have two children. They're five and seven right now. And when I was preparing for my birth, I mean, I prepared. I did perineal massage. I saw a pelvic floor physical therapist in my practice. I did a lot of work on just relaxation, learning how to push, using a lot of support garments during pregnancy. And I had a really amazing birth. I had a completely unmedicated birth with a pretty fast labor. So that I think is just luck and genetics, but I had a pretty fast labor and I gave birth lying on my side, again, unmedicated and had no tearing. And that was the exact same situation for my second birth. And I think some of it is luck. Some of it is preparation. But I think what my birth experiences, both of them really showed me was that you can prepare for birth, that you don't have to go into this experience saying, oh, I'm just going to do whatever they tell me, that you don't have to go in. It's scary, but I think the more education that we have, the more power, the more control we feel like we are in versus feeling like a passenger in the process, we feel like we're really the drivers. And that also helps us make choices about who our providers are and what hospital we're birthing and what we do to prepare. So I had really amazing birth experiences, and I think that led me to start the Vagina Whisper Instagram account because I felt like everybody should have access to this information, that everybody, there's a chance that we can do a lot more good, we can prevent a lot more pelvic floor issues if we help people prepare versus just seeing them after the fact and they feel like, oh, we're just doing damage control now, and they wish they would have known that sooner. I love that so much. I tell my girls all the time, knowledge is power, but there's one step farther is it has to be applied. So I think it's so great because what I hear is like you had all this knowledge, but you also used it and applied it and advocated for yourself. And of course, I tell all my girls, I think there's a healthy balance between releasing fears, but the only way to do that is through knowledge. It really is. And I always equate birth with if you are going to some foreign country where you don't speak the language, you don't know the culture, you wouldn't just show up, come out of the airport, and then try to plan your trip. You would read books, you would watch YouTube videos, you would educate yourself on the culture and the language, and you would have your your stay planned out, mapped out. You wouldn't just wing it. And so I think it's the same with birth, but then also taking it a step further is being flexible to make changes as needed by using that knowledge. So 
Today, we're going to talk about one of the hottest topics on Labor Nurse Mama, which is vaginal tearing. (laughs) And we're going to go a little bit deeper because we do want to prepare. And I tell my girls all the time that you can do a lot to prepare for tearing, but sometimes it's out of your control. So I want everyone to know that it's not a 100% guaranteed, but why not do what you can to prepare and like you said, feel like you're a part of it and you're taking ownership of your birth. So we're going to talk about perineal massage Great. It's one of my favorite topics. And I think it's something that there's been a lot of controversy about, is it really helpful or does it really do anything? And my takeaway is it does no harm. There is no, there are no negative side effects to doing perineal tearing, but the majority of folks giving birth do experience a perineal tear. Most often it's a very mild tear that can be as small as a paper cut to what we call a grade two tear that's into the perineal tissue, which is muscle. And then in very small percentages, it's a grade three or four tear, which is a more significant tear into the rectum or the rectal mucosa. So those situations, they do happen, but they're not as often. And the thing is with perineal massage and perineal tearing is that, again, is it going to prevent perineal tearing? It may, but it the research does show that it helps people feel more prepared. It can decrease the risk of perineal pain after, which is pretty significant when you're recovering. That is significant. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. significant. So I think that there are definitely some benefits to doing perineal massage during pregnancy. And then we even educate folks on how to do it postpartum as well. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned that we it may not prevent it, but it does give us something to feel involved. And I think that there's so much power in that. There's so much power. And that's one of the things I put on my – we call it a birth map, but the birth plan with my students is that they want to be a part of every decision, that they've been educated And they want to be a part of all decisions, no matter how insignificant. So I think if we take that from the beginning of pregnancy, like you mentioned before, choosing the right provider, all the way to our recovery, like taking ownership of that and being prepared for that and having a plan for that, it just changes everything. Okay. One other thing I'll mention too is another really great thing about the massage, and we'll get more into this, is that we have partners come in and teach the partners how to do it on the pregnant person. And so it's another great way for partners to be involved because often we feel like, oh gosh, I'm going through all of this by myself, or the partners want to feel like they can do something to help as well. So it's just a, it's got a lot of benefits in a lot of ways. Yes. And we're going to talk about that too, (laughs) for sure. So the first thing I want you to just, because some people, it's funny, my my son's girlfriend is in her early 20s and she's been helping me on Labor Nurse Mama. And we were preparing for the very first podcast episode, which was about tearing. And she was like, what? Vaginal tearing? What is that? Like she had no idea. So I'm sure there are some moms out here that don't even know what perineal massage is. So I thought you could just break it down and explain exactly what that is. Absolutely. It's a great place to start. Vagina is an opening in the pelvic floor muscles. You have three openings, one for the urethra where urine exits, one for the vagina where you will, if you have a vaginal birth, that's where baby will exit. And then one for the anal opening, which is where poop exits. There is at the very bottom of the vaginal opening, just below that is is an area of muscle called the perineum. And I call that the grand central station of your pelvic floor muscles. It's like where everything meets up and it's the tissue just between the vagina and the anal opening. If you experience a perineal tear, 
it's typically the very bottom of the vaginal opening goes, tears open slightly, and it goes into that perineum. So we call it a perineal tear because it goes into that perineal tissue or muscle. So the reason this happens is because we need our pelvic floor muscles and the vaginal opening to soften and expand during a vaginal birth. Well, you have a baby's head, which is around 10 centimeters, going through a hole that is usually no larger than the size of a golf ball. So what can help is really softening the perineum or the base of the vaginal opening. So you don't go to the middle of the vagina, the middle of the tissue between the vagina and the anus and massage that. You actually do it through the vaginal opening and you massage the very bottom of that area to help soften the tissue at the vaginal opening. And that can help, we hope, minimize the risk of tearing in that area during a vaginal birth. Okay. So that was a fantastic explanation. I love it. And I love that you like covered each opening, what they're for, because that's another thing I find with a lot of my patients that they're, we just as women, a lot of times we don't understand our body. And I think that is a really great starting place is to explain like what our body is and what's going on down there. Okay. So how do you do it and how does it help? It's great. So typically there are two positions that I have mamas practice this in. One is usually lying in a reclined position in their bed. So I'll have them put a couple pillows behind their back, put a couple pillows under their knees and their knees are butterfly relaxed open in a butterfly position. And they have a little towel under their bottom so that they're using a lubricant or a coconut oil and that will just collect on the towel so it doesn't get on their bed sheets. And then I have them actually take their thumb, either their right or their left thumb, reach around the pregnant belly and put their thumb into the vaginal opening. So it's pointing down, the pad of the thumb is pointing down towards the bed. And then you literally just put pressure down toward inside the opening, you're up to about your first knuckle and put pressure down and you might feel a little bit of a burning sensation. And that burning sensation is the muscle stretching. So just like you have maybe tight muscles in your neck or your jaw or your shoulders, if you press on those muscles, they feel a little bit tender. It's the same thing when you're pressing on the muscles at the bottom of the vaginal opening. So you press those muscles, you hold it for three to four big deep breaths, and you typically feel that burning start to subside, and that's the muscle releasing. Then you swoop your finger to the side, you go a little bit towards the left side, a little bit towards the right side. And you, again, hold that pressure till you feel a little bit of burning, take a couple big deep breaths, and then feel that burning subside. And that's you releasing the muscle. And you can do that all towards the kind of bottom half of the vaginal opening. So if you think of your vaginal opening like a clock, 12 o'clock is the top and 6 o'clock is the very bottom towards the anal opening, you're staying between 3 to 9. So you can do it in that lying down position or you can do it in standing I usually have people do it with their foot on a footstool. So they're standing, one foot's on a footstool, and then one foot's on the ground. I call it like the Captain Morgan position. And they do the same thing, reach one hand around the belly and put a little bit of pressure. So you can do it on yourself in either of those positions. But if you want to bring in a partner, you typically do it lying on your back, reclined, and then the partner uses their index finger to stretch the opening for you. And do you recommend using any kind of lubricants or oils or... Absolutely. So you can use an all-natural organic oil like coconut oil, olive oil, vitamin E oil, 
or if you want to use a lubricant, I typically recommend something that's water-soluble. My favorite one is called Slippery Stuff. That's what we use in our clinic. Or just something, or another one is called Good Clean Love. But just something non-irritating, non, it should be glycerin-free, paraben-free, not scented, not glittering, not sparkling, just a good old-fashioned boring lube (laughs) because you don't want it. Nothing fancy, (laughs) nothing smelly. You just want to soften those tissues. And that's why a new jar of coconut oil or something is totally fine. You're just using it to put a little bit of pressure towards those muscles and just breathing and softening and letting those tissues relax. And the whole process really takes maybe five to 10 minutes. You're not doing this for 30 minutes. You can do it for 10 minutes, three times a week. And there's been evidence to show that just doing that little bit starting around 34 weeks of pregnancy can really help in that late, those later stages prepare for birth. Okay. So side note, because I've heard this so much, when you start talking about using oils and touching vaginas, we always get something about it being sexual or, ooh, fun. But I just want you guys to know this is not an exciting process. <laughs> right. It is It is a little uncomfortable. It's a medical intervention. And it's funny because yes. I have pregnant mamas who will be in my clinic and they're like, oh, my, my partner's going to love this. They get excited. And I'm like, give it a try. But it's not for everybody. I remember I had my husband do it to myself during my first pregnancy and he was like, I don't really like this. And I was like, I don't really like it either. I'll do it to myself. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Same thing. I did it to myself. It was very awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> and it is just letting you guys know it is not very exciting for you. It doesn't, it's not comfortable. It's a, like she said, you're going to feel some burning and not exact. It would be like going to lift weights and thinking that's going to be like sexual or something. <laughs> right. No, it's, an, I mean, I think not, it's the thing for me, people say, oh, is it weird being a pelvic floor therapist or you see vulvas and vaginas all day? I'm a physical therapist. There are muscles in this part of your body, and that's why I specialize in the muscles in this area. But to me, working with a vulva is like working with an ankle or a foot. It's just another body part. And I think when we start to really view it as that, it really opens these doors to say, oh, this is just another thing that we need to tend to versus let's ignore it. Let's not talk about it. Let's pretend like it's not there. But then when symptoms start to rise, you're like, oh, no, what do I do now? So I think when you just think about it as another body part, it really demystifies the whole thing and makes it just a treatment like you treat a sore ankle. I love that you say that so much. And as you were speaking, I was thinking I have gotten like a little bit of trouble on Instagram and Facebook for saying the word vagina or saying the word sex inside my posts. And I find that to be absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. I don't get it. It is. And I think that's been the challenge is Instagram or Facebook or social media in general has really evolved to for someone like myself and someone like you to be educational platforms. My entire business started on Instagram because the growth of my account was really a testament to people really want this information and they're not getting it from anywhere else. They're not getting it from their midwives or their physicians or even just their childbirth education classes, maybe five or seven years ago. It's changed now. So I think when we're trying to educate as medical professionals, we come up against these roadblocks because these terms vagina or sex have all been used or misconstrued in very sexual ways when, again, it's really... They're really just body parts. They're really just acts. So I do think it's changing. I get the idea of trying to screen and 
weed things out. But at the same time, I look at some of the pictures and videos I see of people in like half nude or nipple showing or what celebrities post. I'm like, oh my gosh, we should be able to talk about perineums here with no problem. Yeah. No, I get the same thing. Whenever I do lives, I have this slew of perverts come onto my lives and they say some really crazy things and put up some crazy emojis and I can't block half the words they use because they're words I need to use and so I find it really crazy that they can continue to do that but yet I can't say the word vagina or sex after pregnancy but anyway that's a whole nother podcast. One of the things I love most about being an online birth educator is being able to connect with my students and all of my followers. And one of the top questions I get all the time about our birth classes is what makes Labor Nurse Mama birth classes different from other courses? Our classes are different because I actually care if you succeed in your birth quest. I've built an insane amount of support and accountability into both of my birth classes, which means you are so much more likely to succeed and leave your birth feeling calm and confident. Girl, I have a reputation for being a super supportive online labor and delivery nurse slash doula. I bring my experience from having had six babies myself and bringing thousands of babies into the world. I want you to know you are capable. You are strong. But I also know that sometimes medical interventions are necessary. And if you find yourself in the situation where you have to make big decisions, I want you to be armed with the extensive guidance to make an informed choice. Girl, check out our birth classes. They both come with support that you cannot find anywhere else. We have weekly happy hour hangouts where I hang out with you and actually answer your questions face to face. Link is in the show notes. So one of the other things that I wanted to ask you as far as preparing your perineum, and we've talked about the perineal massage, and I feel we've gone into that and how that can benefit, but is there anything else? Let's say you're working with a client, prepping her, because I love that you work with them to prep them for birth instead of waiting for an issue. I think that I so wish that that I had... I lost you for a second. There you go. Okay. I so wish that I had been educated. Of course, I had my first children before there was internet, so that would have been near impossible. But I think it's so important because I think the consensus or the view is hope for the best and then take care of it if you have a problem after, or even the consensus of, oh, if you have babies, you're going to pee on yourself, or if you jump, or this or that, which I just would like to point out, I have had six babies and I can still jump on a trampoline. I have no problems. And some of that is because my mother, thank you goodness, she came from a very birth-friendly family And she had me doing squats when I was pregnant. She had me doing Kegels and Kegels immediately in recovery. And thank you, Jesus, I I listened to my mom for once. But I also good genetics, I'm sure. But I think that just accepting that you're going to have issues peeing on yourself or have problems with sex or have this, that, or the other is really frustrating. So I would love to hear before, before we get done, a couple other ways that you would say besides perineal massage, 
what do you recommend for preparing your perineum? Absolutely. And it's so interesting because the whole narrative that, you know, one, there's nothing you can do, just do whatever they tell you, or just wait for things to happen is completely incorrect. And that on the flip side, that this is just the way it has to be. If you have pain with sex, or if you have a cesarean scar shelf, or if you have, you leak with coughing or jumping or laughing, that's just your new body. That narrative is so incorrect. And I think that we've just disregarded everything that women and mothers go through to keep our population growing. And then we discard them to the side. And I, it is one of my biggest driving forces in continuing to educate people. When we do birth preparation in our clinic, and we really came up with this idea about three years ago. And one of the reasons is one, we don't work for a hospital based system. I left a hospital and opened my own clinic. Because I was at that hospital. And I said, hey, I really think that we should educate in the childbirth education classes that pelvic floor therapy is a thing and that moms can check in with us after childbirth. And their response was, we don't want to scare moms. So we don't want to tell them that problems could happen. And we don't really feel pregnant people or postpartum people have those problems anyway. It's just when you get older. And I put in my resignation the next day. I had the ability to do that And I was like, I cannot ethically continue to work in an environment where they don't prioritize prevention or recognize that moms need more support and is the foundation of what I do. So in our clinic, some of the ways that we help prepare moms for birth are we definitely educate on perineal tearing, but we also educate on positioning during pushing. And one of the reasons for that is it's pretty standard that we give birth lying on our backs and our knees are hiked to our chests and we have our feet in stirrups. And that's the only option we have. But the reality of it, the research and ACOG, which is the Academy of Obstetrics and Gynecology, recommend that you do whatever position works best for you so that you have options. And your options could be being in hands and knees. Your options could be lying on your side to give birth. And lying on your side is a totally feasible position, even with an epidural. And that position in the research has shown to minimize the risk of perineal tearing more than any other position. So we coach a lot of our moms to give birth on their side. We also encourage them to have conversations with their medical providers in advance to say, hey, I practice this with my PT. What are my options when I'm in birth? I want you to know that this is something I want to try if I feel like I need to lie on my side. So just having those preliminary conversations to advocate for themselves. So lying on their sides, one, learning how to push. Again, we don't oftentimes in birth women are coached to hold their breath and we call it purple pushing and push as hard as they can when that's not the optimal way to relax your pelvic floor muscles. The optimal way to relax your pelvic floor muscles is to exhale and blow out like you're blowing out birthday candles or bubbles. When you hold your breath to push, you're actually tightening your pelvic floor, which is the opposite of what we want. So we teach them how to push and bear down with exhaling, with breathing, and really using their breath to help relax versus holding their breath, which can often make them tired. It can cause more pelvic floor weakness like prolapse and hemorrhoids and incontinence and just help them actually not get baby down the birth canal. And then the last thing is using a warm compress, labor and pushing, talking to their medical provider, using a warm washcloth to put on the perineum while they're pushing. And research has shown that's been beneficial to minimize tearing as well. This is why I do what I do. This is why I teach online educations that is not affiliated with anyone. 
I've told my girls before that I was asked to teach a childbirth class at a hospital that I worked at. And when I went over the curriculum, I was like, this is all like pushing towards policies and not what's best for mama. And it was very frustrating to me. And so I get that and I just applaud you for taking that action. And I know that there's a lot of people in the birth environment, the birth care world that don't have that option to just up and quit. But I think we all play a role in changing the birth culture, no matter where we are in that environment. We all play a role. And I think the biggest role is for women to learn they have rights, like you said, Yes, it may be your provider's policy to push everyone in lithotomy position, but that does not mean that you have to. And the only way these providers are going to start working with women in the positions they want to push in is if women start refusing. Now, I tell my girls all the time, we don't go into birth just refusing because we can't. We don't just willy-nilly, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do it. I'm not doing it. We go in educated and understand like why is this done this way and why would this be necessary? Because sometimes there are these interventions we do, which like lithotomy pushing is really an intervention in certain emergent situations where it might be necessary. However, if women start educating themselves and empowering themselves and feeling confident that it's okay if your provider doesn't like you. If your provider has a negative opinion about you because you're, and I'm saying this in quotes for those of you because you can't see us, but if you're pushy or you're bossy or whatever it is, who cares? This is your birth journey and you have a right to do what's best for your period. It's very, it's tricky and we're in a really vulnerable position. And I don't think that I've definitely made the mistake and I went into my sister's birth and I was like trying to be the boss and ask the nurses questions and question what they were doing and questioning the physician. And I think in that situation, I learned like I, it's my sister has to advocate for herself. It was not me. And that was not my role. And I just added more tension to the arena um, to the point where she was like, you need to leave Sarah. <laughs> I was like, you're right. I'm not oh, cut out I for love, this. I, I love vulnerability. <laughs> at the same time, I think yeah. that as the past five or six years that this has been evolving on Instagram for me personally, I have nurses reaching out saying, can you teach us what you're teaching your patients because they want to do better. And I have OBGYNs and midwives reaching out saying, what are y'all doing with that are best practices? Because ultimately, I do think providers all across the board want an optimal outcome, which is not just healthy baby, but it's also healthy mom. And I think that we're looking at the research and we're saying like, okay, how can we do things better? The way that we're doing things is not the best. How can we keep doing things better so that we are having better outcomes? And, and that not just goes, that doesn't just go along with you're at a hospital with, within one or two days with no infection. It's minimizing the risk of pelvic floor prolapse, helping moms have less birth trauma, decreasing the risk of perineal tears and cesarean birth. So a lot of different outcomes that I think that people are interested in, but we just have always been doing things the same way that it's hard to start changing those methods. But I see interest in all areas. It just needs to keep growing, not just from patients asking for it, but from providers 
at all levels saying like, okay, how can we do things better? And I see it. It's just slowly changing. No. And I love that you said that because I'm a labor and delivery nurse of many years sitting right here who will humbly say, and I tell my girls, I've told my students, I, I get very, my, my students and I have a very tight knit community. We meet weekly. We do what we call a happy hour on Zoom. So I talk to them face to face and get to know them. And I have humbly told them, For many years, I just did what I was taught to do, which was standard when it came to cervical exams and pushing and, you know, how many times I would have a mom. I can remember having a mom who was pushing with, I do the same thing, blow out your birthday candles and later in my career. But earlier in my career, I would see women naturally doing that. And then we would be like, okay, let's use all that power. Let's hold our breath and hold Hold it like you're under the water. Okay, now come back up, take a breath, go back under. And how many times I did that? And now I'm like, it wasn't evil intent. I wasn't intending to do it wrong. It's just what I was taught. So you're right. It's about ongoing education. It's about listening to our parents. And 100% healthy mom is a lot more than just not having a hemorrhage or not having some catastrophic event during birth. It's about her mental status. It's about her physical, emotional, all of it is important. And I think for those of you listening who may have left your birth being told, at least you're good and baby's good, but feeling those things, those are important to acknowledge that it's a whole, it's all of you. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we as moms feel guilty for feeling traumatized or for feeling hurt or injured. It's, oh, I have a healthy baby. I should feel grateful for that. I'm like, you can feel grateful and still feel traumatized. You can feel grateful and still feel sad or disappointed or discouraged. Those are not two mutually exclusive feelings. So I think when we really start just recognizing that the experience is full spectrum and like happy, healthy baby or healthy baby doesn't necessarily mean like happy birth. And so I think when we allow people to process that more and give them resources, like going to a pelvic floor therapist, going to a perinatal psychologist, joining a support group, whatever that may be, to help just acknowledge, hey, you're not alone in this process and it's okay to feel that. And if you don't go through those feelings, you're not really honoring your own self. You're just dismissing it, which I think a lot of society has put on us. Carry on. You're good now. But if we don't feel good, we're like, what do we do now? And the other thing to your point about like, when we know better, we do better. And now we know better. I think now we know, oh, there are options. There are different ways. Medical, medicine is evolving. It's changing. And I think that we should change with it. And I think now that we see pelvic floor therapy as a a piece of this puzzle, it really has the potential to just improve birth outcomes and pelvic floor outcomes for moms, you know, for decades to come. Yes. And I love it. And I think we are seeing a huge change in the girls who are having babies at this point and just my students in general. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of them. Not They're going to chiropractors. They're going to physical therapists. They're not just accepting that you're going to hurt during your whole pregnancy. They're taking action. And I think, and the same, they are seeing pelvic floor therapists. They're getting an assessment before birth. They're going after, they're insisting on more postpartum care. And 
we're proud of you guys. 100%. That is what we have to do to really take ownership of that and realize you don't have to accept it all. You can do something about it. Anyway, I am so happy to have you today. And of course, we got off on a little bit of other tangents, but that always (laughs) happens here. So again, will you tell everyone where they can find you? And then I have one more question for you. Sure. So I'm on Instagram at the.vagina.whisper. And that's really where I post a ton of my content. And I am have a website, thevagwhisper.com, where I have a membership platform for pregnancy, pelvic floor exercises, childbirth preparation, postpartum recovery strengthening. So really my goal is to help meet moms in the very beginning from week four of pregnancy and walk them week by week through their pregnancy and helping strengthen their pelvic floor, helping them manage pelvic floor issues like incontinence or constipation or hemorrhoids. And then really that last trimester, prepare for birth. So teaching them pushing and perineal massage and stretches to do that will help. And then literally postpartum day one when they're home, walking them through, just like you said, pelvic floor strengthening with Kegels and tips for brain scar healing or perineal scar healing, and then strengthening all the way back until they can get to running and jumping and all the things we want to do as moms and just really giving them step-by-step guidance on how to take care of their bodies during this time. My Again, my website's thevagwhisper.com. I love that so much. Okay, so our my last question I ask everyone is what do you feel is your superpower? And I do this because I want my listeners to start seeing the positive in themselves. And I think we all get a little bit uncomfortable trying to say something good about ourselves. And so I always like to end this with, what is your superpower? What is amazing about Sarah? This is a tricky one to ask someone when we try to be humble. I thought about this and I really have to say it's not even being a pelvic floor therapist or dressing up in a vulva costume to educate people on their vaginas. I think my real superpower is really being able to be a mom to my two boys and create this platform, this following, this business that I am so passionate about while still being a really present and great mom to my kids. I think that I often felt like I had to choose one or the other. Oh, you just need to be a career person and follow your career, or you need to be a stay-at-home mom and just take care of your kids and be available for them. And I feel like over the past five or seven years, I've really been able to grow my career and just blossom incredibly in this arena, but then also be a really great mom to my kids. And I've missed things. I've missed their birthdays. I've missed their parties at school, but I am there for them 95% of the time. I think they feel super loved. I spend a lot of quality time with them, but I still work really hard and do something every day for my career that I love and I'm so passionate about. It's not that I have it all. I think it's just that I realize that this is a piece of me and I can be a mom and I can be this career person and just do both of those things that I love a lot. Oh, I... I love that so much, Sarah, and I love that my listeners are hearing that because I think a lot of times for our first-time pregnant mamas, they're feeling like they have to do one or the other, just like you said, and you can't do both well. And I will very humbly admit that I started my business in 2017, and I spent a lot more time than I needed to trying to figure it out and educate myself on the platforms and learning it. And I missed some things and I I did have a lot of guilt, but I also did other things really well and I've evolved and I've learned and it's what you do from there. But I think it's important 
for all of you guys listening to know that we can do both and we can love both and we can be present in both. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And I can't so say I, that like, I, I often feel like you did Trish, like I'm not doing one good enough, but that's the case. I wrapped my head around. And was like, this is your life. This is what you wanted. And I could grow my business faster or I could do this other thing more, but ultimately like I'm doing both of the things I love. And so I, I really couldn't ask for more. No, and not to mention what you're teaching your boys about <laughs> powerful there's women. Three holes in the right? pelvic floor, right. <laughs> oh, I was not talking about that, but let's just be real because <laughs> my son is very comfortable. This is just a funny side note. So I talk about vaginas all the time, right? So my kids are so used to vaginas. And then I filmed something. This was a few years back. My daughter, who's 22, was maybe like 18 or 19. And I filmed something and I said the word penis. And she started, I was like, vagina, vagina, penis. And she started dying laughing, was like, oh my God, mom, you said penis. And I was like, okay, that's another word we should be comfortable with. It's okay. But my kids are really comfortable with the word vagina. But that's <laughs> so a whole other side note. Direction, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So my very last question for you that's going to be a little surprise is what would your partner say is your superpower? I would probably say the same thing I said. He and I talk about it a ton. And I think that he's been, he typically was the one who was the hard charger workhorse in our family. And then I think when I found this journey that I love so much, I really was like head down. I want to do this and I want to change the way things are being done. And I think he's, wow, you're doing a really great job. Like I can take time off to be with my kids, but then I also work a lot and have found a way to grow and really build this business in the first five years of my kid's life when those are some of the hardest years. And so I think that he would say, um, yeah, just being a mom and a hard worker, but then also dressing up in a Volvo suit and educating people about their pelvic I floors. I think he kind of laughs a little bit when I do that. And he's like, oh, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> I, the first time I saw that on Instagram, I was like, go Sarah. A lot of these are things I think are hysterical in my own head. And let me just throw it out there and see if anybody else thinks it's funny. And sometimes yeah. it works. <laughs> it's pretty funny, I will say. But I'm very comfortable with the Volvo myself. So that might be why. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on today. I really love talking with you and even just the confirmation as a labor nurse and a birth educator that I'm on the right track because everything that you teach them, I support and teach my students as well. So it makes me really excited. Thank you again. You're doing great work, Trish. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Mama. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama, where we broke down all things pelvic floor and preventing vaginal tearing. If you want more information about vaginal tearing, head to episode one. Of course, we started this podcast off with vaginal tearing because we know y'all. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave a review, please. They mean so much to us to hear from you guys. So take a moment, write a review, and be sure to check in next week, 7.30 a.m. every Friday. Bye for now.